the West Australian government has settled a class action for stolen wages on behalf of many thousands of Aboriginal Australians who worked in WA and were paid little or no wages while they were subject to legislation in effect from 1936 to 1972. And to discuss this positive outcome, I'm joined by Sarah Thompson of Shine Lawyers. Welcome to NITV Radio. Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is a historic class action settlement that will see claimants getting paid up to $180 million going to eligible Aboriginal workers or their surviving spouses and children. $180 million may sound like a very big amount, but is this the right price for what they went through? I think at the end of the day, no amount of money or compensation is going to make up for what happened to the First Nations people who were impacted by the legislation. We're not setting out to say that it's enough. Nothing could be enough for what they had to go through, but we want them to get some justice and getting some money and apology and acknowledgement from the Western Australian government we see as being really important to help people. The money will help people and the acknowledgement will help people, um, we hope, in feeling like they've gotten some justice and some recognition for the wrongs that they suffered. So to be clear, on top of this amount, there will be a formal apology from uh, the Western Australian government to, I'd say, the victims of uh, this situation? Absolutely. So the Western Australian government has indicated that they will give their apology and acknowledgement on the 28th of November this year, and they'll do that in Parliament, the Western Australian Parliament. Considering this uh, took place over several decades, can you tell us what could have happened, what happened exactly during that period, how people could work with uh, no pay or little pay? Uh, Explain to us uh, what these people went through. In terms of how it happened, there was quite a a number of... um, bits of legislation or law that we control, that we call the control legislation. And what that did was we imposed oppressive and discriminatory regimes of control over First Nations people about their employment, their finances. So they really had no control over that aspect of their lives. So to give you some context around that, I can give you a couple of examples. So we've got a story from a group member who, you know, they grew up on stations where his parents worked. So his parents worked in the kitchen and did some stock work. His parents received rations for their work, so they would have gotten tea, flour, sugar, that, that sort of stuff from the station store. And when this group member was still a child, he also had to start working around the stock camp. And he was working before sunrise until after sunset, and he wasn't paid any money for this work. He then went on to work on a couple of other stations through the Kimberleys, where he just wasn't paid adequate wages, and he was only given rations. Another example of a group member who grew up at a mission, um, she was placed there after being removed from her mother. She started working in that mission as a young girl. She was cooking, cleaning, doing other domestic work. She was attending to patients in a a medical clinic run by the mission. She wasn't paid for that work except for getting about $2 once. Um, On top of that, of not getting paid, she also suffered really bad punishment inflicted on her by the nuns at the mission. So that, I guess, gives a bit of a, you know, a couple of examples as to what our group members went through. And it was, it was pretty horrific. 
Now, this money will come from the government's coffers. Uh, these people are working for private enterprises or private entities. Uh, uh, shouldn't those also be required to chip in uh, the compensation? So the way that, the, 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 well, at least that our claim worked was that we said that the state of Western Australia was responsible for all of that because um, it was the government who had the control over people because of its legislation. So those other places, you know, the private uh, employers and so forth, yes, are involved, but we say, well, we alleged that the ultimate control was with the government. Now, it's said that the settlement is subject to approval by the Federal Court of Australia. Is that just another formality or it could be rejected and see the claimants go through some more suffering? The court definitely has to give approval. That's how every class action works. We're hopeful that the judge won't take issue with the way that the parties have agreed to settle this. Yes, he he could say that he's got a problem, but we don't think that that's going to be an issue. It's a, it's taken not only a legal approach, but also leadership from uh, the government uh, in having this uh, situation come to a positive outcome. Sure. Yeah, so I, I can't speak on behalf of the government, but, you know, we definitely do commend them for the way that they've settled this matter. We're really happy that we've settled and we haven't had to go to trial because that would have been quite traumatic for our group members who would have had to have given um, evidence and had to hear all this all, all through the courts again. Before I let you go, any closing thoughts? Yeah, we're really happy with the outcome and we hope that um, our group members feel the same. Um, we've worked really hard on this matter. It's something that we've believed in for a really long time. You know, if you work, you deserve to get paid. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we hope it, we hope it brings our group members a feeling of a bit of justice at least. Something positive to talk about at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Sarah Thompson, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV Radio on uh, such short notice. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.